Welcome to I've Got a Question. Hi, I'm your host, Shira Greenspan. This podcast is a place to dive into the things you've always wanted to know. Kids like you from all over the world have been sending in their questions about Pesach. I wonder what today's question is going to be. Hi, my name is Ashira from Modian, and I've got a question. My family wants to paint Kriyatiyam Suf on the wall in our home before Pesach, but every picture I've seen looks different. How can I know what it looked like? Your family is making a Pesach mural? No way! My family is making a Pesach theme park in our backyard. We're obviously limited by what we can build since it's our garden, so like we're probably not going to have the giant matzah-shaped Ferris wheel or let my people go-karts or a lazy river of blood. But like this mural idea, we're also trying to do something as a family to bring the Pesach story to life. Actually, we really want to make a splitting of the sea ride and want it to be like what actually happened. But we know that it won't be exactly like what happened. Ashira, you're looking to make a mural. You can draw anything. Since one of the major mitzvot of Seder night is to imagine ourselves leaving Egypt, it can be really helpful to have a a picture in our minds in the Haggadah or on the walls but how do you decide what to draw? Let me look at some Haggadahs. Okay, so in this one, I see a shore of dry land and the sea, and it looks like Moshe is leading us into the water. In this one, Moshe is kind of off to the side with his stick raised over the water while the people walk through ahead. This one, hang on, this one, this one has fire leading the way. And this one has fire behind us, like a a big fence. And this one shows one big pathway through the sea, but this one has one, two, three, four, 12 different paths through the water, all next to each other, one for each tribe. Yeah, these Haggadah illustrations of Kriyat Yamsuf are beautiful, but now I'm confused about what the splitting of the sea looked like. Oh, I know who we could ask. Gorf. He's the one who made the Passover Haggadah graphic novel. Jordan Gorfinkel, thank you for stopping by. It's very nice to be here. Gorf, can you tell us about yourself? Sure. Uh, my life is summarized as born, bar mitzvah, batman, and beyond. What else do you want to know? <laughs> can, you, can you elaborate on each of those? Sure. Uh, I was born in Chicago, Illinois. I moved about 11 times before I was 21 years old. And my best pals while I was moving from place to place, another city, another school, another summer camp, were the four-color superheroes of comic books. And that, so then I was bar mitzvahed, and that ignites my passion in Judaism. And then the two, oh, and then Batman. Uh, I ended up being one of those kids who had the uh, the fortune and the bracha, the blessing of living uh, his childhood fantasy. You know, when you're a kid, you you think, what are you going to be? A fireman, a lawyer, a policeman, a doctor, a teacher, a rabbi. All of those things are very worthy professions. And the worthy profession that I went into was comic book creator and cartoonist. So that's the Batman part of it. And the beyond part of it is merging those two passions, uh, Yiddishkeit and comic books, graphic novels, sequential storytelling. And thus begat uh, the Passover Haggadah graphic novel. And that's what brings us here today. Well, at this point in I've Got a Question, I'd say we have a pretty good idea what a Haggadah is, but what's a graphic novel? A graphic novel is a story, a complete story told in sequence 
sequential art, which is to say the fusion of words and pictures. What made you think to combine the two, the Haggadah, into a graphic novel? The Pesach story, the Passover story, is one that I liken to a Wikipedia page or a Sparknotes page that condenses all of Judaism into one short dinner theater book called the Haggadah. And it is as exciting, amazing, and engaging as any book or movie or video game that you will experience. The issue that I had was that many people couldn't get past the old-fashioned nature of its original presentation. It's in Hebrew, it's in Aramaic, even if it's translated into English, oftentimes it's difficult to understand what the translation means. So what better than taking the medium of comic books and graphic novels, which, by the way, is a Jewish conception. Jews were the ones who created the medium of comic books and graphic novels. And combining the graphic novel with this book, the Haggadah, in order to bring out, in order to illustrate what I knew was always there. An amazing summary or overview of all of Judaism. It spans 4,000 years, and it has history, and it has philosophy, and it has action, and it has adventure, and of course it has humor, and it has rituals, and it has traditions. I mean, it's everything all in one. How could you ask for anything better? So why not take that and turn it into a graphic novel? And I reached out to Israeli artist Erez Sadok and the gold standard of publishing of the Jewish world, Koren Publishers, and we made it. It's like, um, it's like the graphic novelness of this Haggadah shows us all this hidden meaning of the text. You know what it's like? It's like Luke Skywalker talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi for the first time, right? So you have that scene where Luke Skywalker is standing inside Obi-Wan Kenobi's hut on the desert planet of Tatooine, and Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, this is your lightsaber. Uh, this was from your father, and he was part of the great Jedi Knights. And Luke Skywalker's looking at him like, what? I'm a farmer. I'm never going to be anything other than a farmer. I can't go flying off. The crop season is coming up soon. My uncle needs me. Come on. Get, get with the, the plan here. And Obi-Wan just goes, oh, you must do what you think is best, of course. And, you know, that's just this kind of way of saying, I know you're capable of better than this, but I just can't fight you on this. Well, that's kind of where we are right now, where we're all Luke Skywalker. We're all saying, you know, it sounds wonderful to be able to do all this Jewish stuff. But to be honest with you, I got homework. I've got soccer practice. I've got my hobbies. I'm hanging out with my friends. and We're having pizza later on, at least God willing, after COVID is over. And this is just more than I can handle. So the Passover Haggadah graphic novel is the Ben Kenobi of the Passover Seder. It's taking all of the accumulated knowledge and wisdom of the Jedi Knights, in this case, the Jews, and bringing it along with you that in a fun, adventurous way will change your conception of Passover and change your life 
Uh, just like it changed, just like becoming part of the Jedi Knights changed Luke Skywalker's life. It'll change your life forever. And it'll open your eyes, as, as Ben Kenobi says, it'll open your eyes to a whole new world and way of seeing things. And by the way, that's a quote from when they were training on the Millennium Falcon. But anyway, you get the idea. Gorf, Ashira's got a question. She wants to know how to figure out what to paint for her splitting of the sea mural. In the Passover Haggadah graphic novel, how did you decide like, how to present something as amazing as Kriyat Yamsuf? Well, it's too bad that we don't have artist Erez Sadok here to explain how he went about doing it, because he's the one who actually drew all the marvelous illustrations inside the Passover Haggadah graphic novel. So what I can tell you is, from my perspective, as somebody who was guiding him and writing the script... So the way it works in comic books and graphic novels is there's a writer who writes out in words a description of what the artist is going to draw. And then the illustrator, like Eras, takes that description and tries to interpret it and obviously brings quite a bit of uh, his or her own experience and imagination to, to the process. But it was probably something along the lines of make it as big and miraculous and spectacular as you possibly can with lots of colors because it was the most amazing thing that you've ever seen in the course of human history, save for the uh, receiving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. But that's, of course, a different holiday. That's the holiday of Shavuot. But anyway, so I just probably gave him a direction like that, and then he just took off from there. So there are two ways that you can really do it. One is you can make it very imaginative, and one is that you can make the scene very realistic. So if you want to make it imaginative, it's sky's the limit. You can do anything you want. Use lots of colors and be very impressionistic, which means you don't have to be realistic. You can just be imaginative and and let it come out of your, your nishama. You let it come out of your soul. And however you do it is right because it's the way that you see it and the way that you express it. And what matters is the love and care and passion that you put into the drawing, not how other people interpret the drawing. That, to me, is, I think, the most important thing. You should really enjoy your drawing and not feel like it's going. it's got to be a certain way. And then there's the realistic way. Uh, so if you're drawing realistically, what you do is you find photo reference. And these days, with the internet, it's very easy. Take a look at pictures. Look at how water is. Look at how people were dressed at that period of time. Look at uh, the, the, the source text for what they were carrying with them and who was chasing them and what the weather was like and what the time of day was. These are all aspects that went into my script writing for the Passover Haggadah graphic novel because we wanted to make sure that we were as correct as possible. And you can also talk to people. We talk to archaeologists and historians and rabbis and uh, writers like Erica Brown, and we got the best advice that we could find to make sure that we were as authentic and accurate as we could possibly be. But at the same time, we wanted to never forget that our first job was to engage. So we wanted the drawings to be authentic, but we also wanted them to be entertaining. And I hope that helps you in some way to be inspired to draw your Yamsuf drawing, which I look forward to you posting on Instagram. And please tag us at Jewish Cartoon so we can take a look at it, share it, enjoy it, and compliment you. But how can someone possibly capture that true moment? Right. So what's a true moment? A true moment is only happens in the moment that it happens. After that, it's all interpretation. And you don't have to interpret it literally if you don't want to. Ashira 
don't get too hung up like perfectionist artists like you and me can on making it perfect. There'll always be another drawing. There'll always be another opportunity afterwards to try again. For this one, decide how does the story relate to your life? And what can you take from your life that will show the story as you see it? That's, that's such powerful advice. I'm so happy we got to talk to you today. Thank you, Shira, for having me as a guest on this wonderful new podcast. I wish you much hatzlacha, much success. I think that the concept is terrific, having listener questions be the basis for getting answers from experts in the field. This is Gorf saying, Chag Kasher V'Sameach. Hi, my name is Yishra and I have a joke. Why do we have a gada for Pesach? So we can say the right words. <laughs> so bringing the story to life isn't just about giving over historical information. It's to help connect who we are to the story. To see ourselves as part of the story. If someone wants to make a mural of Kriyat Yamsuf, they can look at the sources that teach us about what happened and focus on the details that excite them. Just by figuring out what to paint and actually painting it, it sounds like you'll build your personal connection to the Pesach story. But Gorf said that we can take it even a step further and really imagine ourselves in the moment. The Haggadah takes it even further than that. We have to imagine ourselves on Seder night, leaving Mitzrayim. Bechol dor vador chayav adam ke'ilu hu yatsami Mitzrayim. In every generation, we must see ourselves as though we left Egypt. How do we do that on Seder night? I know who to ask. She wrote Seder Talk, one of my favorite Haggadahs. Let me call Dr. Erica Brown. Dr. Erica Brown, it is my pleasure to welcome you to I've Got a Question. Thanks. It's a delight to be here. Can you please tell us about yourself? Sure, Shira. I am... um... I live right now in Silver Spring, Maryland, which is right outside. It's about uh, 10 miles outside of Washington, D.C. And I work in George Washington University, where I am a professor in the School of Education and Human Development. And I also run a center, the Mayberg Center for Jewish Leadership and Education, and or Jewish Education and Leadership, I should say. And um, I have four children. And, uh, and I have four grandchildren. In fact, I had a grandson born just this past Shabbat. So he, he doesn't even have a name yet. <laughs> Thank wow. you. Erica, today I'm trying to help Ashira. And I think the next step is to understand this mitzvah. We have this mitzvah to see ourselves as though we left Egypt. How do you remember and recreate something that, that you yourself never experienced? Yeah, it's it's a great question, Shira. Um, I think one way we do that, one important way is through storytelling. So I might read a book and it takes me to a totally new place. Um, as a kid, I read, so I was a big reader and I, I loved books that took you into a world that you didn't know. And that might be, you know, it could be science fiction or it could be, a, it could be history. It could be actually a, a, a memoir uh, or a biography of someone and you say, I just wanna know how did that person live? And I think that's really the key to making Passover and the Seder amazing is to say, I wanna be an awesome storyteller. And that story is starts with the Haggadah, 
But the Haggadah doesn't limit us in terms of, you know, right, lahagid, the mitzvah to speak, comes out in all different kinds of ways. I could make a rap song about the story. Uh, when my kids were little, we used to do a every year a page of a newspaper, or the Egyptian Times. And, you know, what, what was the weather? Um, you, you know, what was the hard work interviewing a slave? It was like whatever you can do to say, this is my story. I want to own it. I'm going to claim it. And I'm going to write it in my way. And I'm going to speak it in my way. And I think those are the things that help us get in the mindset of what it means to sort of relive history. As we look ahead to the Seder, we prepare our food. We prepare our home by cleaning. How how can we prepare for this piece of the Seder, of seeing ourselves as part of the story? Well, one year, I have to tell you, Shira, we, you know, we put tent cloths up in the kitchen. We moved the table. We all sat on the floor. We put our Seder plates on the floor. And then I realized why God invented chairs because the floor wasn't so comfortable. And then the dog came in to eat the shank bone. And then we thought maybe this wasn't such a good idea. But it was fun to be creative around it and to say, why do we have to sit around the table as if we're eating a regular meal just with a book, right? Why not? Why not think about you know? I don't know. Uh, well, not you're going to have sheep and camels at your seder, but you know we have stuffed animals, we have props. If you were, let's say, doing theater in uh, middle school, you know that props are important, costumes are important. So we have a costume seder. And uh, now the costumes have uh, some wine stains on them, but you can go on any number of websites and get a few costumes and, um, you know, an an Egyptian mask. uh, You know, we have a great King Tut costume. Uh, We have a great Moses and Elijah costume. We have a plastic staff that breaks up into three pieces. So it's a showtime. It's showtime. I love all these ideas, but I imagine that for kids listening... The grown-ups are the ones who are leading the Seder, not them. What can they do to include your ideas and advice if they aren't the ones in charge? Absolutely. First of all, the, the Seder is for the children, right? All the questions are really for the children to sort of begin the process of asking and answering and thinking about. So adults cannot dominate the Seder. It's all about uh, of telling it to your children. So boss up kids and um, and tell your parents, we want to do this differently this year. This is what we need to make the Seder feel meaningful. I, I once read Shira, um, an observation of someone, I'm not sure how old this person was, um, when I was working on my own Haggadah, which was really such an act of joy for me. And uh, the person said, why is this night more boring than any other night? And if you're having a boring Seder, you are doing disservice to the to the art of storytelling, which is, I think, really the mitzvah of the evening. So, um, kids, you teach the adults what what to do because they're clueless sometimes about these things, and they're just focusing on the food or you know, like reading the Haggadah and getting through every word, as opposed to saying, let's make this fun, let's make this awesome. And I, it's one of my goals here every year, I say, I'm not saying we accomplish it every year, but in my head as a parent and now as a grandparent, I say, every year, how can we make this Seder the best Seder we ever had? And that's the goal, every year. How do we make it the best Seder we ever had? Yes, let's make this the best Seder we ever had. Dr. Erica Brown, thank you so much for helping us understand and plan for this mitzvah of seeing ourselves as part of the Pesach story. Thank you. Uh, it's been a delight to be with you and wishing you a Chag Kasher V'Sameach and all of our listeners uh, may be happy and especially healthy for this year and let it be filled with joy. 
Hi, I'm Beckett from Los Angeles, California, and I've got a joke. How do you drive your parents insane on Pesach? It's really a piece of cake. <laughs> there are so many ways to accomplish this big mitzvah of Seder night, of reliving history as Erica Brown called it, and imagining ourselves as though we left Egypt. Some creative ways that Erica's family has done this is by focusing on the art of storytelling, using costumes and props. She also said we need to put serious effort into the preparation, preparing not just for the food of the Seder night and things like that, but preparing for the story. That reminds me of Gorf's advice that we heard earlier, how important it is to bring ourselves into the experience. Some families may do that by acting out the story of leaving Egypt. Some families may share their own more recent family stories of liberation and freedom. Some families may use props and decorations. Ashira's family is painting a Kriyat Yamsuf mural. That's an epic way to bring the Pesach story to life. In my family, we're working on this Pesach amusement park that I mentioned earlier. The goal for us is not only to get us excited for Pesach in a fun way, but to help start that process of bringing ourselves into the experience. Hmm. How can a little backyard amusement park do that? So, we've been thinking a lot about the splitting of the sea story today. How about we use Erica Brown and Gorf's advice to brainstorm a Kriyat Yamsuf ride? Okay, so, it should be a water ride, obviously. Oh, we have a slip and slide, you know, where you jump and slide into the water. Let's use that. Now, how do we make that into a Kriyat Yamsuf experience so we can feel like we're part of the story? Hmm, the story... I know, I know the Torah describes a strong wind that made the path through the sea into dry land. So it would be cool to include strong wind blowing on everyone as they wait in line for the ride. We could use fans. Ooh, you know what else would be cool? You know how at real rides there's a safety barrier that keeps people from pushing ahead before it's their turn? In the real Yamsuf story, there was a wall of fire that kept Paro's army from pushing ahead and attacking us. We should have a fire barrier to keep people from going on the ride before it's their turn. But hmm, that sounds dangerous. We could make cardboard flames and paint them to look like fire. We'll set that up as a divider between the people waiting in line and our slip and slide Yamsuf. But once it is your turn and you pass through the fire barrier, what next? How does the ride start? Um, well, when did Kriyat Yamsuf start? Was it the part when we were so scared of what would happen that we cried out? Was it the part when Moshe lifted his big stick over the waters? Was it when Nachshon jumped ahead into the water? Okay, wait, stop me if this is crazy. What if there's someone running the ride? They're dressed as Moshe Rabbeinu, and as soon as they lift their stick over the water, you get to be like Nachshon, and you run and dive into the water. Okay, so imagine it's your turn on the ride. There's this intense music as you walk through the fire barrier and step up to stand before the stretch of water. The suspense is mounting. You're terrified, but you know that the only way forward is through the water. And then you feel your stomach give a jolt as you take that first step forward. You give a running start and dive straight into the water. At that very moment, the music changes. Suddenly, you hear triumphant trumpets as the water crashes all around you. As you reach the end of the ride, you notice armor and chariot wheels washed up on the shore. Of course, someone experiencing this ride isn't experiencing anything even close to what the actual splitting of the sea was like. 
but the goal here isn't to recreate the exact experience. It's to give us enough of a taste that we're drawn into the story and can see ourselves as part of it. I think this ride could do that. I think Ashira's mural can do that too. So Ashira, whatever choices you and your family make for what to include in your Kriyat Yamsuf mural, I hope it helps you feel part of the story of Am Yisrael. I hope that at my Seder, especially when I get to all of the parts in the Haggadah that talk about Kriyat Yamsuf, like Rabbi Yossi Haglili and Dayenu, and even parts of Halel and Tehillah, I remember that this story is who I am. Hashem gave us the miraculous events at the Yamsuf, not just for the people who came before us, but so that I should feel inspired and in awe for each of us to feel that embrace of Hashem and the hope that comes with feeling liberated and free. Hashem split the sea. Hashem split the sea for me. And on Seder night, I'm going to do everything that I can to remember that. But in the meantime, <clears throat> I'm Shira from I've Got a Question, and I've got a question for you. If you could actually jump into any part of the Pesach story and experience it for real, which part would you choose? Hi, my name's Ezra from ODN. Thanks for having me. I would want to see Kriyat Yamsuf because I think it would be really cool to see the nath Hashem did for Bnei Israel. Hi, my name is Israel Tavis from Washington Heights, and if I would jump into any part of the Seder, I would jump into the part when Moshe Rabbeinu split the Yamsuf because I never saw anybody do that in my life. Thanks for listening to I've Got a Question. That is the end of our first season, but we'll be back in just a few weeks to answer more of your questions, so don't worry. If you have a question about anything, just send me a voice note to podcast at corinpub.com, and we'll do our best to find you the answers. Thank you to our guests today, Jordan Gorfinkel and Dr. Erica Brown. And thank you to everyone who sent in jokes, questions, answers, and more. We couldn't make the show without you, so keep them coming. I've Got a Question is hosted and produced by me, Shira Greenspan, with production help from Arya Grossman and Dr. Daniel Rose. Edited and produced by Alex Drucker. I've Got a Question is part of the Koren Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.